The Daily Rios, for Monday, April 22nd, 2013. It's a new week. Hey, everyone. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday. Busy week this week. We have today, I realized I didn't do a timeline episode for the month of April, as I was looking back at the episode so far this month. So I'm going to do that today, even though it's not a Tuesday. I normally drop those on a Tuesday for Timeline Tuesday. But that's because tomorrow I have to do another Tower episode. On Wednesday, it'll be New Comics Wednesday and some more Marvel Now report card thoughts. Thursday will be the third DC Noise episode, third and final DC Noise episode. I only did the first three. And then Friday is Feedback Friday. So that'll be your week for this week. It's rare that I know exactly what I'm going to do every day, but I thought I would just give that a shout out for those of you who are picking up this Monday episode. So I am going to do a timeline episode today, and this is for the month of April, anniversaries 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago, and 75 years ago for the month of April, books that actually shipped in April to the best of my knowledge, and to the best of my research, I should say. As always, if I miss anything, or something is incorrect, or you want to add to the ongoing discussion of this timeline for April, please do so. You can send me an email, peter at thedailyrios.com, or leave a comment on the website under this episode page. Okay, we start 10 years ago, 2003. First up, Beware the Creeper, 1 through 5. This was a miniseries from Vertigo that had some connections, light connections, to the DC Universe. This was by writer Jason Hall, art by Cliff Chang, and also on colors we had Dave Stewart and letterer John Workman. So that's a powerhouse of a creative team right there. If you don't know who Jason Hall is, he's a comic book writer who worked on Pistol Whip for, uh, I think it was around 2011, uh, and then he went on to do a lot of the Johnny DC books, Batman Adventures, Justice League Adventures, uh, Ben 10, and, and other comics for DC and for, for Dark Horse. Now, I never read this series. It took place in Paris in the 1920s. Uh, I always me- meant to read this series, but I never got around to it. Uh, Beware the Creeper, a spin on the old Beware the Creeper series that introduced uh, uh, Creeper to the DC Universe uh, by Steve Ditko back in whatever that was, 1968. So... Um, That came out 10 years ago. And from Marvel, we had this whole line that they were putting out as a way to try to appeal to manga readers. Uh, The Tsunami line, does anybody remember that? The titles were Namor, Mystique, Human Torch, Sentinel, Venom, and Runaways. Those were the books that shipped in April. And then later, in later months, we had New Mutants and Emma Frost and uh, The Inhumans. So Namor was by, which came out, the first issue came out in April, was by Bill Jemis and Andy Watson with art by Salvador LaRocca, which lasted 12 issues. Mystique was by Brian K. Vaughn, at least it started out with Brian K. Vaughn, with art by uh, Jorge Lucas, which ran 24 issues. We had The Human Torch, which was by Carl Kessel and Scotty Young, uh, that went about 12 12 issues. Um, Not, it wasn't super early in Scotty Young's career, but... When I saw that, I had it didn't click uh, that he was actually on that. I'd be very interested to see what his artwork look, looked like back then in 2003. Then we had Sentinel by Sean McKeever and Udon Studios. That lasted 12 issues. And Venom by Daniel Way and Francisco Herrera. 
Uh, Runaways was the big hit, also by Brian K. Vaughan and Adrian Alfona, lasting 18 issues. And as I said, eventually we would get New Mutants, Emma Frost, uh, with those awful Greg Horn covers, and then also Inhumans. Also, 10 years ago, we had The Orbiter, graphic novel by Warren Ellis and Colleen Duran. Always meant to read that, but I never did. And finally, the first issue of Superman Red Sun, a three-issue miniseries by Mark Miller, Dave Johnson, and Killian Plunkett, putting Superman in Mother Russia. And it was a very popular story at the time. Uh, I read it. Uh, I'd have to read it again. I can remember on my initial reading of it that I loved the premise, but felt it fell into too much of where those Elseworlds stories go. Uh, You know, very familiar territory where... Obviously, the character is put into a new environment, but then the story kind of plays out exactly the way every other Elseworlds story plays out. That's how, that's what I felt upon initial reading. I'd have to read it again. So there you go. That was 10 years ago. Let's go to 25 years ago. This is from 1988. Action Comics started its weekly trend with issues 601 through 604. We got the first issue of the Power of the Atom series, which lasted 18 issues, uh, started off with Roger Stern and Dwayne Turner. That was a series I, I loved, Sword of the Atom. The four-issue miniseries, the three specials, loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, eventually they brought Adam back to the DCU, to pro- the proper DCU, as opposed to in South America. And um, I collected this series and uh, you know, in back-issue bins and finally got the final issues I needed and read it all in one shot and really disliked it. It's not good. It's it's kind of a holdover of comic book writing. Um, you know, this is 1988, and it felt like the writing... This should, It felt like that book should have taken place in 1983. Needless to say, I was not a fan by the time I finished that run and sold it on eBay and never looked back. Uh, we also had What The from Marvel, the Marvel mag of Mirth and Mayhem, which lasted 26 issues. Uh, The first issue had a Secret Wars 3 story with art by Steve Ditko that I think I kind of want to see. Also, 25 years ago, the World of Metropolis 4-issue miniseries. This was a trio of miniseries by John Byrne, The World of Krypton, The World of Smallville, and The World of Metropolis. The first issue hit 25 years ago in April of 1988. This is the miniseries where John Byrne continues his, his, his infatuation with young females doing weird stuff because he had a young Lois Lane strip search while in front of uh, a pervy Lex Luthor as he was looking on uh, through the cameras. She broke into his offices, I think, and she was only supposed to be about 15 years old, maybe 16, and she gets strip search, and Lex Luthor keeps the video as blackmail over her. So that was bizarre. Next up, April of 1988, 25 years ago, we had Larry Hama and Ron Wilson's Wolfpack from Marvel, which lasted 12 issues. Larry Hammer would write the first three issues, and then John Figueroa would come on with issue four and play it out to issue 12. Uh, And this was a book about five teenagers in the South Bronx who have powers, who were all trained by a character named Mr. Mac. I'm not making this up. And according to ancient legend, the Wolfpack uh, was in existence for at least two millennia, and they serve as a cosmic balance to a group of mortal men completely devoid of compassion, love, or charity known as the Nine. And this concept was actually brought back during House of M, 
which I don't remember. Now, I'm one of those people that has a fairly decent overview of the titles put out by Marvel and DC from the 80s onward. I may not have read certain things, but I've certainly heard of them. So when something like this makes me go, what? You know it's obscure. <laughs> I've never heard of this series. Never. I don't, like I said, I read House of M. I certainly don't remember that concept. Never, ever, ever heard of this. And that it was a 12-issue maxi series is even more blowing my mind. Almost makes me want to try to read it, try to find it and read it. It's probably dreadful. But, uh, yeah, Wolfpack. Who knew? Now, I do have to say one thing, though. 1988, this is the time when I was out of comics for a while. In right around when Millennium wrapped up, or in, in the middle or near to the end of Millennium, the DC event Millennium, which was 87, 88, or whenever it was, um, I was just getting into high school, and I had, I can remember having the chicken pox that summer, uh, horribly, a horrible case of them, and I got out of comics for a while. My best friend at the time picked up one of the last holds at Golden Eagle that I had and told them to put the rest on hold because I wasn't sure, you know, if I was going to, I couldn't go week to week because I had the chicken pox. So I actually got out of comics from about 1980 to about, I'm sorry, 1988 until about 1990, 1991. It was news that we were getting a new Robin that kind of brought me back, you know, the introduction of Tim Drake. Um, and there were some other things, other, other things I can remember buying at, in 1990, 1991. I remember seeing a story where Superman was in exile in space. The Arkham Asylum, Grant Morrison graphic novel had come out. The Titans universe was just about ready to get into Titans Hunt. Um, they were, it was about uh, around issues 18 and 19 for Legion of Superheroes during the five years later run. So all this stuff at that time in 1991, 92, all that stuff was kind of, it was just really weird. I, was, I, I didn't understand what was going on, so I, I actually got back into comics. But it started around this time period of 1988. And I always make this observation that, especially at DC, it was kind of a wonky time in 1988. And when you think of something like Power of the Atom, and at Marvel, when you think of Wolfpack, that was a, that was a weird year, 88, 89. And eventually, you know, things would explode from there. But, uh, yeah, so that's probably why I don't remember much about the year 1988. So as we do these timelines for a few more months, um, I, don't, I don't know quite as much about these certain comics, unless I bought them in back-issue hunts. Right. If I eventually, like Power of the Atom, went back and bought a series and read it, then I would know about it. But I was out of the game there for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, Wolfpack. Weird. All right, then we go to 50 years ago. This is 1963. Amazing Spider-Man, number three. The first appearance of Dr. Octopus. There's obviously a reason why he is the superior Spider-Man these days. 50 years of that character. So happy anniversary, Doc Ock. In Adam number seven, in a Gardner Fox, Gil Kane, Murphy Anderson story, we had the first meeting between Silver Age Adam and Silver Age Hawkman. Batman 156, in a story by Bill Finger and Sheldon Moldolf, we had the famous Robin Dies at Dawn. In Green Lantern 21, we had the first appearance of Dr. Polaris. 
In Journey into Mystery 95, we have the first appearance of Chen Lu, the radioactive man. And in Flash 137, we had the reintroduction of the JSA into the Silver Age before they would actually appear in the first JLA-JSA team-up a month later or so. Now, yes, we had Flash of Two Worlds and certain characters had appeared, but the team was reintroduced in Flash 137, and then we would get eventually the first JLA-JSA team-up. So, um, yeah, that first JLA-JSA team-up with the cover of the JLA around a table looking in a crystal ball and the smoke coming up and the JSA are in the smoke, that is not the reintroduction of the JSA into the Silver Age. It was actually Flash 137. Um... This is another month where I don't have much for, well, Marvel or DC, but especially Marvel, because at that time, they only were putting out 12 titles. Uh, This is early into the modern Marvel universe. Uh, You know, Amazing Spider-Man is only up to number three. FF is up to, I think, about 12 or something like that. Thor was in Journey into Mystery. Uh, Iron Man was still in Tales of Suspense. Ant-Man was in Tales to Astonish. Human Torch was in, in Strange Tales. And then all the rest were Western books like Kid Colt and Two-Gun Kid or modeling books like Millie the Model or Kathy or Modeling with Millie or Patsy Walker. So they only had 12 titles. DC at this time had 31 titles. So that's why you see a little bit more of um, focus on DC in 50 years ago than you do Marvel. And then we can finally, yay, go back 75 years ago because as of last Thursday, April 18th, In 1938, celebrating 75 years, April of 1938, Action Comics number one, the first appearance of Superman, first appearance of Lois Lane, first appearance of the Daily Star, first appearance of the editor of the Daily Star, George Taylor, although he's not named, I think, until an issue later, Uh, and the Daily Star is the precursor to what will become the Daily Planet. So that's a whole Earth 1, Earth 2 story that I don't want to get into right now. But also in that issue is the first appearance of Tex Thompson by Ken Fitch and Bernard Bailey. This is a character that showed up, especially in All-Star Squadron, but also in the Golden Age four-issue miniseries that James Robinson put out in the, in the early 90s. And he was also known as the Commando, and he was also known as Mr. America. Um, and he has a legacy within the JSA, even to pre-New 52 stuff. Uh, and also in that first issue, Action Comics number one, celebrating 75 years, Zatara, in a story by writer-artist Fred Guardinier, and he is, Zatara is the mystic, or Zatara is the mystic, father of Zatanna. So there you go, another Golden Age character celebrating 75 years. So Action Comics number one, a host of several DC characters. There you go, I hope you enjoyed this little timeline, trip down a comics timeline. As I said, you can reach me at peter at thedailyreels.com. Thanks for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.